Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. An angry wife said to her husband, I should have married the devil. He would have made a better husband than you. And he said, no, honey, that's uh, not really lawful. You're not permitted to marry one of your relatives in our state. (laughs) That doesn't sound right, does it? We've been on a series called The Spiritual Realm. Today, we're going to be on a very fast-paced roller coaster. So I want you to stay with me, and we're going to... Uh, you know, unload a lot of information here that I think is very valuable to you, every one of us. And uh, if I were a football team, and I was on a football team, if I was a coach, I would scout the other team. How, how many of you know they do that all the time? They'll have somebody there to watch the team. They'll see film on the team so they can see the weaknesses. They can see how the other team operates, you know, what's their strengths. So that's what is going on on football teams all across uh, our nation, even this weekend. And let me tell you, you have an adversary that wants to stop you. He's called the devil. And we need to scout him out. We need to know what he does, how he works, so that we can operate in the spiritual realm on a very high level and defeat him at every term. How many believe that? So where did he come from? What does he do? Revelation chapter 12, verse seven through nine, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor there was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the dragon, the great dragon, was cast out. The serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So where was he cast to? The earth. Where do you live? The earth. Now, all those angels weren't uh, loose, those fallen angels, those demonic spirits. Some are chained into darkness at this very time. They'll be released later on the earth, but many of them are loosed on the earth. Guess who they're looking for? They're looking for you. They're looking for me. Jude 1, only one chapter, verse 6, and the angels who did not keep their first estate or their proper domain, they left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. We already know where Satan's headed. He's headed to hell. Do you know hell was not created for mankind? The Bible says hell was created for the devil and his angels. But he's going to try to seduce a lot of people, young people, middle-aged people, old people, and they're going to go with him to a place that was never prepared for you. Heaven was prepared for you. And don't go with him. But let me give you some characteristics of who he is, what he does. Number one, those, dangel, those uh, fallen angels, demons, devils, evil spirits, they're evil. So that, that's the first characteristic. They're just evil. They're opposed to God. Uh, the second thing, they're intelligent and wise. Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, whom you forgive, I'll also forgive. And what he's saying, if you don't forgive, bitterness can spring up in your heart. If you don't do what's right, then Satan could have a fair, uh, 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 an advantage on you, an unfair advantage. And he says, I've forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Now notice this, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we're not aware of his schemes. He is intelligent, he, he is wise, he's scheming. Many Christians never hear this. They don't hear what I'm going to tell you today. So we have to be wiser than the enemy. 
And the only wisdom we get that's wiser than the enemy is what we ask for from God who gives liberally. So if we ask for it, we can have it. Thirdly, they're powerful. The demoniac, the gatherings, living in tombs and caves among the dead people. They tried to subdue him, chain him. You know what he did? He broke the chains. He has supernatural power. The seven sons of Sceva, they saw Paul doing exorcisms. They decide, we can do that. The devil said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. I don't have a clue who you Yahoos are. Yahoo's not in your Bible. And the demonic man <laughs> fell upon them, ripped their clothes out, wounded them. They're, they're very powerful. Number four, they're without physical bodies as we know. That's why Jesus said when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, finding none. Because they don't like to be disembodied. To have control on the earth, they need a human body to move through or influence a human body. They're not human and they're not angels. They're fallen angels. They left their first estate. They accumulate knowledge about people, especially those associated with the kingdom of God. That's why the devil says, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. I don't know who you are. Now, here's something. Perk up just for a minute. They accumulate knowledge about people. Have you ever heard of the term medium? Matter of fact, there's television shows about this. What's well, the medium of Long Island? Is that the show? Have you ever heard of soothsayers, false prophets? And there is a term in your Bible that appears many times. It's called a familiar spirit. Say that with me. Familiar spirit. Now, let's all say it. Familiar spirit. What does that mean? I mean, you read it. Do you even know what it means? Okay. Many people today and people of the past have been trying to call up people from the dead. Um, Houdini was one who did this. They would get together, they have seances. And they get people together, light the candle on the table, hold hands. Um, Uncle Harry, where are you, Uncle Harry? Where did you hide the cash? So, for, for, for years, centuries, people have been trying to call up people from the dead. Now, there are times where that information comes forth and only those people would know that and so people think it's real. Now, why are they called familiar spirits? Because how long have these fallen angels been on the earth? From the beginning. And they don't die. They're always here. They saw that generation, that generation, that generation, that generation. So they're familiar spirits. So what does it mean they're familiar? They're familiar with the people. So when you're calling Uncle Harry and Uncle Harry answers and gives an answer that only Uncle Harry would know, guess who is answering? A familiar spirit. There's only one time that God allowed a real person to come back from the dead in the, the sense that we're talking about. And it's in the Old Testament. It's when Samuel came back to talk to Saul. Remember, he, he sought the witch of Endor. And she's used to calling up these familiar spirits, you know, engaging people. That's how she makes her money. Just same thing is going on today. How many of you know this is not new? Understand, this is not new. So she is saying, I'm calling up Samuel. And Saul, I'm going to bring up Samuel's spirit. But this is what God allowed. He actually allowed Samuel to come up and talk to Saul. And when Samuel came up, it scared the witch. She's freaking out. Let me tell you why it scared the witch of Endor. 
Because the spirit that came forth that she's familiar with, that she's used to dealing with, was not the one that came forth. When Samuel actually came up, she's freaking out because she knows this is not the normal thing. So when you hear someone, well, we're talking to the dead, we're, we're, you know, we're in the Ouija board and you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. That's, that's dealing with demonic spirits. Familiar spirits. They have faith. What do you mean the devil and fallen angels and demonic spirits have faith? Well, James said, chapter 2, verse 19, you believe there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They don't have saving faith, but how many of you know they believe in God? Let me tell you why. Because they were in the presence of God at one time in a different relationship in a different way. So if you say, do you believe in God? Someone may say, well, no. Let me tell you, the devils believe in God. They know God is absolutely real. He created them. He brought them down. Can I hear an amen? They have feelings and emotions. Luke chapter 4, 33, 36. There's a synagogue there, a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. He cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, said, come out. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out, did not hurt anyone. And so what happened? There, there was a reaction, an emotional reaction, because this demon didn't want to come out. Number nine, they're interested in doctrine. You know the Bible says there's doctrines of devils. This is a Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly, clearly, that in the latter days, latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hey, the, the devil's very interested in doctrine. You may not be interested. The devil's interested. Let me tell you why. Because if he can get you to believe a false doctrine, you may not be saved. Because the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for you, we're saved by grace through faith. And if you can believe something above that or beyond that or not that, then he has you. He's got you trapped. Because it's a doctrine of devils. One of the things that uh, we're dealing with today in our culture is this uh, doctrine of grace. How many of you believe we're saved by grace? You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You're saved by grace. You can't do enough good works. You have to believe in what Jesus did, receive the grace of Almighty God. But let me tell you, there's an extreme over here and there's an extreme over here. This is what some people say. Well, you're saved by grace. You can just do anything you want to. How many of you know the Bible doesn't teach that? Let me tell you what Paul said, Romans. He says, listen, if you are trying to live a life under grace and you think you can go live any way you want to and it doesn't matter, this is what he said. He said, God forbid that you would ever do that. Let me give you the extreme. Let's say you do something wrong, you think something wrong, or maybe, you know, something happens that maybe God's not pleased with. Can I tell you God's not in heaven with a Louisville slugger ready to knock you out? How many of you know his grace is a lot better than that? You don't have to get saved again, but you do need to get back right with God. You can repent. So either one of those extremes is really not the grace that is biblical grace. There's another doctrine going around that in the end, everybody's going to be saved. If, if that's true, we don't even need to have church. We, we don't need to have missionaries. You don't need to read your Bible. In the end, everything's hunky-dory. We're all going to go to heaven. There is no hell. Let me tell you, that is a doctrine of devils. That's not true. So, 
they're interested in doctrine. The devil snatches and steals the word of God. Number 10, uh, Matthew 13, the, the, the sower and the seed. There is the seed sown. Some went by the wayside. When Jesus dealt with that, there in verse number 19 of Matthew 13, he said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, does not understand it, then the wicked one, everybody say wicked one, the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart, and he who receives the seed is by the wayside. So can he come and steal the seed away? If you let him, he can. The devil also sets snares and traps for people. Uh, this is what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, and I just want to give you the last part of that. He says, God may perhaps grant them, he's talking about those who are coarsome, and he says, leading them to the knowledge of the truth through repentance, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Some people are snared, and they're doing the will of the devil, and the devil sets traps for them. Devils and demons deceive. And Paul talks about this. He says there are false prophets and false apostles. How many of you knew that? There are people who say, this is what I am, and this is what I do. And how many of you know they're false? They're fake. They're counterfeit. He says uh, even Satan himself can disguise himself as an angel of light. And he says, no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, and their end will be according to their deeds or correspond to their deeds. Here's the third thing, 13th thing. They'll try to fill our hearts with lies. In Acts chapter 5, this story of Sapphira and Ananias, remember they sold some property, and they said they were going to give everything to the church, and they could have, or they could have kept it, or they could give a portion, but here's what happened. Everybody's giving magnanimously, very generously, so Sapphira and Ananias said, we're going to get caught up in this too. So they said, we're going to give the money to the church, but they kept back part of it. And they lied about it. And this is what Peter said. Why have you allowed Satan to put in your heart these lies? Notice what it said. That it is a Satan-filled heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Folks, we don't want Satan to influence us that way, do we? We have to be wise. The 14th thing, they hinder us. 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. But Satan hindered us. They blind the minds of people to the goodness of God. Why are some people atheists? Why are some agnostic? Why do some people don't care? Last week we prayed for the persecuted church. People who would love to be in the seat where you're at today. People who would love to have a Bible. People who would love to hear a sermon. People who would love to come together in the fellowship of Christianity. And they can't. They're in Iran. They're in China. They're in North Korea. They're in Northern Africa. They're being killed for that. But in America, it's like we don't even care. Like we don't even care. We won't show up at church. We won't give. We, we don't esteem anything of valuable about the Word of God. We're pitiful sometimes. Would you pardon me? But sometimes we're just pitiful. You know, any excuse, any reason, and yet there's people dying to have the opportunity that you have. So why do we sometimes not really take advantage of that? Well, the Bible says 
If our gospel is hid, if our gospel is veiled, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, it is veiled or hid to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, the God of this world, has blinded who not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So Satan is actually blinding their eyes. Here's another one. They produce fellowship. The fellowship of demons and devils and evil spirits. Pastor, is there a fellowship where that happens? According to the Bible, there absolutely is. Corinthians 6.14, second letter, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? You can hang around the wrong people. You can be in the wrong fellowship. I've said this for years. When my parents says, Mike, don't hang around these people. Don't get caught up in that. Birds of a feather flock together. I hated to hear that. But it is true. It is just true. Here's another one. Verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 10. Which things the Gentiles... Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the demons, not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Can you have fellowship with demons? According to Paul, you can. So we, we certainly don't want to do that. Hey, demons and devils will try to oppress you. Let me stop here for a second. If you're a born again, spirit-filled believer, you cannot be possessed by the devil. The Holy Spirit and the devil's not going to reside in the same place. Now, there's been a lot of debate in Christianity, but let me tell you, if you're a born-again believer, you're not going to be possessed by the devil. You're not going to have both living inside of you. But you can be oppressed by the devil. You said, Pastor, where's that found in the Bible? I'm glad you asked me. Acts 10, verse... Uh, 38, God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. The devil oppresses and he can possess, but I'll guarantee you that oppression is pushing back. It's pushing back on you, oppressing you, trying to hold you down. Uh, demons, evil spirits can cause physical ailments. Let's stop here for a minute. Because many people don't believe that. You know, we have doctors in our church. Some are here right now. We had doctors in the early service. There are some ailments people have that natural, physical medicine will not heal them. I mean, they can go to the doctors all their life. It's not going to heal them. Because it's not physical. It is spiritual. Where is that found in the Bible? There again, I'm glad you asked me. Luke chapter 11, verse number 14, he was casting out a demon and it was mute. So, so it was when the demon had gone, the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. Matthew 22, uh, verse uh, chapter 12, then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind and mute, when he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. Now this is probably one of the most famous in the Bible. This is Luke chapter 13. There was a woman who came to Jesus and the Bible says she had the spirit of infirmity. Say that with me. Spirit of infirmity. How many of you are learning anything this morning? Spirit of infirmity, not a physical infirmity, but a spirit of infirmity. She was bent over. She couldn't straighten up. She was that way for 18 years. 
18 years, she could not straighten her body up. It's the Sabbath day. Jesus sees this woman bent over. He sees her issue. She has a what? Spirit of infirmity. He rebukes the spirit. She raises up for the first time in 18 years, and he gets criticized because he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. They're not rejoicing because the woman is loose. They're criticizing Jesus because he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. How many of you know we can get our priorities just really crazy? And then Jesus said, let me just read to what he said. He said, you're hypocrites. Wow, that's straightforward, isn't it? He said, you hypocrites, does not uh, the Bible teach you that you can loose your donkey on the Sabbath day if he's in trouble? He said, he said, how much more ought this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this on the Sabbath day. So her issue was not a physical issue. It manifested in the spirit, but the origin of it was what? A spirit of infirmity. And when you rebuke the spirit, the physical responded. How many of you got that? Let me tell you something else they do. They kill, steal, and destroy. That's what John 10.10 says. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Do you know the devil provokes and incites? The Bible says the devil provoked David to number Israel something he should not have done. Flip Wilson was right partially. Okay, five people laughed. Does anybody even know who Flip Wilson is? Okay. Let me stop for a minute. Y'all need to be culturally correct here. Flip Wilson is a black comedian, and one of his famous lines was, the devil made me do it. And can the devil tempt you, incite you to do things you shouldn't do? Absolutely, but how many of you know most of the time that is a cop-out, not the real reason? So... Demons and devils can accuse. The Bible says in Revelation 12 that those who are heirs of salvation, those who are in the kingdom of God, there is an accuser of the brothers and the sisters. And he accuses them day and night. Let me tell you what he does. Because I felt this and you're going to feel it and I think you've already felt it. If you're doing good and maybe you're trying to live the life that you want to live, this is what he'll do to you. Well, who do you think you are? Miss Holy. Mr. Holiness. Think you're better than everybody else. Or you mess up. Let's flip the switch. Well, who do you think you are? You act like you're a Christian. Look at you. You've messed up. You're not a Christian. You're a hypocrite. You're a fake. You shouldn't even go to church. Because you got these issues. How many of you know he'll get you one way or the other? He's the accuser of the brothers and the sisters. And he will do that over and over and over again. Here's another one. Demons, devils, evil spirits, Satan can produce lines, signs, and wonders. This is an area I think the church has to be concerned of because we believe in signs and wonders. We need to see more signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an Amen. God does signs and wonders. But do you know Jesus actually dealt with this? He said, there's going to be a group that come to me. 
And they're going to say, Lord, haven't we done this? Haven't we done that? Haven't we cast out demons? Haven't we healed the sick? Haven't we done this? Didn't we do signs and wonders? And you know what Jesus' response was to them? He said, depart from me because I never knew you. Not that I once knew you. He said, what? I never knew you. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Because this is not just something that will happen, and listen, it will happen. There is this in your future. This is in the future of the church, the future of humanity. But it's also happened in the past over and over. So when Paul's writing his letter, this is 2 Timothy 3, let me read to you. He talks about those who are always learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. He said, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Now, who are these people? It's the first time their names ever appear in your Bible. Janus and Jambres. Jewish tradition says, and Paul refers to it, that these are the two magicians in Pharaoh's court when Moses and Aaron shows up. Okay, let me kind of go along with this story with you. So here they are, they're walking into Pharaoh's court because God said, let my people go. So Aaron has the staff, have me remember the rod of Moses, and to show the power of God, Aaron throws the rod down and it turns into a snake. So if these are the names of the magicians in Pharaoh's court that, that Paul gives, Janus and Jambres, they're standing there with their, their staffs in their hand. You know what they're thinking? No big deal. We can do that. How many of you know their power was not the power of God, it was the power of evil? And they throw down their rods, and what did they do? They turned into snakes. But how many of you know Aaron and Moses had a Pac-Man snake? Okay, let me speak to this group over here. So, their snake went along and ate the other snakes, and they reached down and it turned back into a rod in their hand. Wow. But then Moses turned the water into blood and they said, no big deal, we can turn the water into blood. And then Moses had the frogs appear in vast numbers and they said, no big deal, we can make the frogs appear too. But you know what? There came a place they could not replicate the signs and the wonders of God. You see, the devil can only go so far. And God has no limit. So what, what he does, he only has limited power, limited signs and wonders. God has all power in heaven and earth, amen? So this is what he's saying. They can produce signs and wonders. Now let me give you one last one here. This is Revelation chapter 13. There is one coming on the horizon of mankind. Do you know he may already be here? Called the Antichrist, the beast, the, 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 the man or the son of perdition. Let me tell you what Satan's going to do. He is not a creator. He's only an imitator. He can't create anything. God's the creator. All things are created by God. Even Satan's created by God. But he did not keep his first estate. We talked about that last week. So what he does, he tries to imitate and replicate and duplicate what God's done. So there's going to come a man on the earth, and he's going to try to rule and reign the earth. 
And Satan is going to use his body to do that. And he's going to have a fatal wound. And it appears there's going to be a, quote, divine healing of him like a resurrection. Guess who he's trying to imitate? Jesus. And there's going to be a false prophet that comes alongside of him. So here they are. They're, they're trying to rule and reign the earth. This man of sin, Antichrist, the beast, the one who has the 666, right? He's going to have the false prophet with him. I'm going to pick up 1313. And it, this lamb who goes up with the horns, who is along with the, uh, the false prophet, I mean the false prophet along with the beast, performs great signs and wonders, even making fire come down from heaven to the earth in front of people, and by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, deceives the people who are on the face of the earth. That's yet to come, my friend. Listen to me. There's going to come somebody and the way they're going to authenticate themselves is by signs, wonders, and miracles. Has there ever been fire come down from heaven before? Absolutely. Ha has signs and wonders ever happened before? Absolutely. You know what he's going to do? He's going to deceive most of the earth by performing signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why you need to know the real thing, baby. Listen, you and I need to know these things. We, need, we, not, we, we don't need to be people who are uninformed. We need to be informed believers, Christians, and we need to know the, the, the characteristics, the workings, the way Satan moves. And if we know that, how many you know we're better off? And here's the thing. The Bible actually tells us all of this information. I didn't make any of this stuff up. This is actually the Word of God. In the early service this morning, I had someone come up to me and said, uh, Pastor, thank you for that. And let me tell you what I really appreciate. You, use, you actually use verses in Scripture. Isn't that amazing? That you would do that in church. Now let me give you the takeaway today. Just six very quick things. You have a pencil and paper out. I want you to take it down. So how do we come against this? How do we operate in this spiritual realm? Knowing this, that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, to deceive us, to trap us, to study us, how do we navigate this? Very quickly, I have to be hid in Christ Jesus. First thing, you need to be hid in the Lord. So if I'm hid in Christ Jesus, I'm under his covering, I'm under his protection. So I want to be hid in Christ. The second thing, I want to put on, you want to put on the whole armor of God that we might stand against the wiles, the power, and the strength of the evil one. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the shoes, be shod, gird yourself, have the breastplate, have the shield, have the helmet on, be ready for battle because you're in a battle. You and I need to put on the whole armor of God. We've said this many times. God did not give you any armor for your backside because he never meant you to turn and run. He never meant you to turn your back to the enemy. He always wants you to go forward. Engage the enemy. Engage the enemy. Here's the third thing. Use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Use the Word. Use the Word. Use the Word. Now, you have to use the word in faith 
So we have to use the word of God. Now, when Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness and Satan comes to him at his very weak moment, he hasn't eaten for 40 days, command these stones to be made bread, and everything that came after that, you know what Jesus did? It is written. It is written. It is written. So you and I can use the word of God on the enemy because it is written. And how many of you know he knows it's written? He knows it's written. So we say it is written. We use the word of God in spiritual warfare. Here's the fourth thing. Pray and pray in the spirit. Pray and pray in the spirit. Listen, you and I can pray, and sometimes we don't even know what to pray. And the Bible says that, Romans chapter 8. Have you ever been to the point where you have a challenge, a difficulty, or you have something going on in your life, and you ever said this, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how to work this out. Do you know the Lord will help you? The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. This is what I believe, and I believe it's very clear in the Bible. You can groan, and the Lord understands that. You can moan, and God understands that. Tears can run down your face, and he can read the tears on your cheeks. You and I, listen to me, you and I can cry out to God when we understand what we're praying for, when we're very clear, and even when we don't even know how to pray. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities and gives us the words to say when we don't even know what the words are to say. The Holy Spirit will inter, uh, face us or intercede for us spirit to spirit and ask for help. We can pray and we can pray in the Spirit. Here's the fifth thing. We have to understand that we are covered by the blood. Say that with me. Covered by the blood. Honey, I don't know how important that is to you, but it's huge. We're covered by the blood. You and I are covered by the blood of Jesus. And when we're covered by the blood, we're under the shadow of the Almighty. And folks, I want to tell you, Satan can't pierce the blood. When you and I went through the blood, we went in one way, we come out another way, didn't we? We're covered by the blood. And here's the last one. Someone say it's about time. Y'all getting anything out of that this morning? It's very important. Declare your testimony. Declare your testimony. We're overcomers, we're winners, we're victorious by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. What is God doing? Can I tell you God's working in the church right now? We heard this Thursday night, we heard it this week. Do you know when people come up here and they, and they gather around this altar Sometimes we have 30, 40. Sometimes we have 50 or 60. You know why people are standing here and, and people are praying with them? Some are filled with the Holy Spirit. Some are healed. Sometimes families get right. How, how many of you knew that? How many of you sat back there and wondered what happened up here? I mean, you know, you could be up here in the middle of the action. 
Y'all okay? The other night, Hallelujah night, we had a group that was giving prayer. Matter of fact, Carlos is here. She brought the little paper up. And so uh, there was somebody who came for prayer. And so Carlos and the group, and I don't know exactly who all was there, and they, they joined with them and, and they prayed. And Carlos brought me a little letter back and said this person had had some issues and I think maybe even cancer issues, I'm not for sure. And after they had prayed at Hallelujah Night, listen, we're handing out candy, this is a big children's deal. But you know, God can touch you no matter where you're at. So, so they're having prayer over here, free prayer. The lady comes up, pray, prays, and goes back to the doctor and said, there's nothing wrong with you now. Do you know our young people are being engaged by the Holy Spirit? You know, we have over 100 teenagers now that are meeting every Wednesday night. Matter of fact, you know, some of them are going to baptize tonight. I was telling the grandmother earlier as we were shaking hands that these young people are really having an encounter with God. Let me tell you something. When you're seeking God and tears are running down your face and you're among the rest of the junior high kids, that's God. And you're around the rest of the high school kids. That's God. How many of you know we shouldn't be ashamed of Jesus? I'm telling you something, folks. We're seeing things happen in miraculous ways. We're seeing things happen in miraculous ways. People are being spirit-filled. Families are getting back together. Hearts are being healed. People are being healed. Young people are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't know where some people are. But, you know, we don't have to be spectators. We can be right in the middle of the action. You say, well, what do you mean word of our testimony? You see, when David was going to go out and face Goliath, and Saul came to him and said, listen, he's a warrior from his youth. You're just a youth. So, David, there's no way you can go out and face Goliath. And so what did David do? He gave his testimony. How are we overcomers? By the word of our testimony. He said, Saul, this is what you don't know. While I'm out keeping the sheep, the bear and the lion came to take my lambs. But let me tell you what I did. I came against the lion and the bear, and God helped me to defeat them. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like the lion and just like the bear. Let me give you my testimony. So this is what we do. Listen, Satan, I know you're against me, you're oppressing me, you're opposing me, you're hindering me, you're trying to kill and steal and destroy from me, but let me tell you what God's done for me. He kept me then, he healed me then, he's with me then, and he's gonna be with me now, he'll be with me in the future, you're not gonna tear me down, you're not gonna defeat me, that's my testimony. And the Bible's very clear, you overcome him with the word of your testimony. This is what the word says. This is how it's affected me. So it's going to be the same way. So I'm going to keep on going. And listen, friends, I'm not here telling you something you don't know. In the early service, Carrie was sitting with me. I got up to preach in that first service. And this is what I shared as I closed, and I'm going to do it with you. We've been through some horrible things in our life. Some things some of you don't even know. 
with our children, with death, with our marriage and our family. And you would say, well, you're a preacher. You don't ever have any of that stuff. Yeah, right. Finances. And sometimes it feels like you cannot take one more step. You may be here today and I want to single you out. You may feel like, Pastor, I feel like I'm at the end of the rope. I don't even have a knot to tie and hold on with. I feel like I am just going down the tubes. And we felt that way before. We're not going to recover. But this is what you do. You just keep declaring who God is. This is who he is. He is the almighty God, the thrice holy, the only I am. He is victorious. He's never lost a battle. He's never lost anybody. I know you think you've got me defeated, but my testimony is... You come against me one way, you're going to flee seven ways. You will not defeat me because I am covered by the blood and I'm going to get through this. Let me give you one little illustration. When the world is ending and Satan is winning because the tribulation is going on and his man is in control. There's 144,000 Jewish ministers that are still on the earth sharing the gospel. And he cannot kill them. Everything Satan does, he cannot kill them. And one of the reasons he cannot kill them is because in the spirit, when they walk around, there is a name emblazed on their forehead. Can I tell you the name? It's the name above every name. As they go on their mission, the Bible says in their forehead is written the name of the Lord. And I know what the name of the Lord is. It's the name of Jesus. And the enemy cannot defeat them until they finish their mission. And Satan will not defeat you until you finish your mission. Because... You are in Christ Jesus. You have the armor of God on. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You can pray. You're under the blood. And you have a marvelous testimony about what God's done in your life and what he will do in your life. Amen? Amen. Bow your head with me this morning. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.